So they would do weigh-ins at like eight o'clock and Team USA would leave at 7.15 to go over there. I would leave at 6.30 because I knew Varner was working out with Snyder and they would be the only ones in the gym. So it was just Varner and Snyder and uh, Nolf was there, but sometimes he worked out, sometimes he didn't, but I, I would watch them pretty, pretty, uh, pretty intently. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change wrestling gave us that ability i would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection resilience toughness some guys have it some guys don't adversity 100 percent. how to pick myself up and be a man after i failed and everything that has shaped my life and where i'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. This episode is brought to you by Beat the Street Chicago. They're our favorite nonprofit, and they just released a short documentary film on the Beat the Streets National Duels, an event they hosted last June where they brought Beat the Streets organizations from across the country to Chicago to host a dual meet tournament and an immersion experience for these kids. So go to btschicago.org to watch the film. This episode is with Brian Medlin, head coach of the Illinois RTC. One of his wrestlers, Zane Richards, was on Team USA at the World Cup this week, and so Coach Medlin was front row for the World Cup, and we break down Team USA's performance against Iran. It was an awesome weekend. Fan of the week goes to our friend Bill Greentree, former wrestler at Miami of Ohio in the mid-70s, a listener of this podcast whose attorney turned him onto it. Bill Greentree, thank you so much for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life. We appreciate it. This episode is also brought to you by Quant Wrestling. Quant takes the Moneyball approach to college wrestling. They track and timestamp hundreds of activities in a college wrestling match, input that data into their cloud analytics platform, and on their app, which you can download in the Apple and Google Play stores, you can see detailed statistics on college wrestlers. You can compare different wrestlers. So go to Quant Wrestling on the Apple and Google play stores quant wrestling download the app now and that's it folks let's give it up for brian medlin brian medlin recurring guest welcome back oh man it's good to have it's good to be back love talking some wrestling man i'm so excited to talk you were on the ground floor at the world cup all weekend what was it like man uh, it was a it was a special special thing um i've had this is actually the third time we've had athletes on the World Cup team. The other time, I, the other time is in Iowa. I was able to be there. Um, the one time I was in Yakutsk, I wasn't. Um, it's just when it, a dual meet is just this different atmosphere, as you know. It's just that us versus them mentality. I know there's there's a lot of camaraderie between teams, but you know, it's just such a special time when everybody's kind of competing together, and it's really everybody's scoring points and it's that sum of aggregate gains that gets you to the end result which is a world cup championship so it was uh it was pretty cool pretty special yeah and iran brought the heat in the finals on sunday night that was an amazing duel i mean i could watch that duel meet all day yeah it was it was awesome it was awesome they have a they have a good team you know they've got a they've got kind of a, a stockpile of guys in the upper weights that they could kind of mix and match and you know, they did, a, they, they, they did a good job of kind of hiding their lineup all week. You know, you weren't sure who you're going to see at 65 kilos. They announced them as a backup early in the 
thing. You know, there's all this, this like smoke and mirrors type stuff. And, you know, figured you'd see Yazdani Chiridi in the 70 kilos, but yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And we'll go into the finals match. I'm so excited to get into each one. So you were there with Zane Richards, who was the team USA starter. He went two and Oh, they put Suriano in Saturday night. And for folks who weren't watching, it was Mongolia Saturday morning. The U.S. won there. Georgia Saturday night. Steamrolled those guys. And then Sunday night, it was U.S. versus Iran. And so Zane Richard wrestled um, Saturday morning and Sunday night and just looked great. What were your thoughts on his performance? Yeah. No, I think I think Saturday morning was was the performance. He he wrestled the way we know he's able to to wrestle. You know, we you see you see him compete in the room. You can see him compete in these moments and know that greatness is in him. And the guy he wrestled, you know, was 2022. He was the um, world bronze this year. Gabe Gilman, a really good match in the worlds. And, you know, everybody knew it was going to be a tough match. And Zane got the call in the morning and, you know, was, was going to wrestle first and we knew it. And, you know, Zane did a great job of, of really showcasing his skills, you know, and, and gave him, you know, put a lot of points on the board and did, did a lot of things that he's really good at. And, you know, Really, really wrestled well. Was really happy for him. Yeah, he teched the dude. I mean, yeah. tech the world bronze medalist. It's like crazy. I mean, <clears throat> for all of us who know Zane, it's not. But you know, looking from afar, you thought maybe that one was going to come down to the wire. But I love what you know. Watching Zane this weekend was the most I've watched him at one time in a while. He he does really good at like not reaching out. Like he doesn't extend his arms. He's always real short with his arms. Yeah, and that's that's been a, a an area of focus with them. Um, especially with the two guys he competed against. The Mongolian's got a really good arm spin. Um, Zane used it, countered it really well to a score of his own. And then uh, the Iranian he wrestled later on is really good at being real stingy with wrists. We were able to find a lot of matches on him. And, uh, yeah, Zane did a really good job of being focused and disciplined and in good position for the majority of his matches. Yeah, it was awesome to see, man. And, gosh, he's just – he's been at it for so long. You know he just loves wrestling. He's probably, like, one of the best dudes ever to coach. I mean, he just seems like he loves it. Yeah, he's been he's been great to be around. I've I've been lucky enough to have been around him since he was, you know, pretty young. And just he's one of those guys when you go in the room, he fills you up as a coach. You know, you you see him and you he makes you want to be a better coach. He makes you want to to study harder and think about his technique more because he's so passionate about it and he'll do literally anything you say. Um, he's just a great, great athlete, you know, great, great sportsman and, you know, great representative of our program. Yeah. And so when did you guys get in? Kind of take us behind the scenes. Like, when did you get in? When's the first time you saw Iran? Was it in like the warm up area? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, we we didn't actually see Iran until the weigh ins the first day or I didn't. Um, and, and I think some people kind of walked by his, their hotel because there was that. They they had gotten visas, and then there was a rumor that three of them didn't get visas, and you know you were reading some social media stuff, so you weren't really sure if if they were all going to be there as a team. And you know, I I personally kind of think that it was just more of like adding to the drama of of the <laughs> duel. You know, oh we're not very good, we're not very good, and they brought their they brought their very best team minus one guy. I thought so. Um, you know. It was it was it was pretty good, but we got there on Monday. Team USA had a camp. We actually uh, trained at the Big Game Wrestling Club um, all week. What a phenomenal facility that is, ran by the Crew family. They were they were amazing. Um, stayed you know opened up early for us, stayed late for us. Um, we were able to cut all of our weight there. And, you know they did such a great job. But we had a couple practices on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, just kind of one stru- one structured workout a day. Um, where, you know, Coach Zadik was really kind of, you know, looking back, he's he's such a he's such a good mind for the sport. I think he knew we were wrestling Iran and a lot of the positions that he he kind of focused on, you know, you saw him pop up in matches that, you know, we were going to wrestle later on. A lot of people were kind of like, is Iran going to win? Is that UWW team going to win? Um, but, you know, I think Coach Zadik, the mind he is, kind of already had it in his head that, that we were going to be wrestling Iran eventually, but I don't know that for sure. So he's doing like a, it's just cool to think that all these studs are on the team. You got JB, you got 
You got Zane, you got Gross, all these guys that he, but then they're in there and Coach Zadik's leading a practice. It's like a high school coach with his guys. Like he is, he, that's how it works. It's kind of a normal practice. Yep. Yep. Guys got 10 minutes to warm up on their own. And then he, he had areas of technical stuff he wanted these guys to work on and, uh, you know, put them through that. And then, then they were kind of released to their personal coaches on what they needed to do. Um, some guys wanted to wrestle a little bit of live as the week went on, obviously tapered off, but. You know, some guys just they want to do some hard stance motion goes, you know, just to spike their heart rate. It was it's kind of different and unique. I'm, I, I try to kind of watch everybody to see how they they do things. And, you know, each person's a little bit different and you do have to coach to the athlete. But, you know, it is kind of interesting watching how all these high level wrestlers get themselves ready to compete. It's so cool to even just be in there watching guys warm up. It's just probably amazing. Did you know? You mentioned earlier you got the call Saturday morning. So did you know your Zane's wrestling two matches, one match, or you don't know until day of? I didn't know at all. Like I, I, I thought, you know, going into it, Zane was on the national team, and Suriano's obviously wrestled really well under lights and has wrestled freestyle a little bit in 2021. So I was kind of hoping Zane at least got one match to prove himself, and that's kind of how I viewed that that first match. And I think Zane maybe the thought process was that Zane wasn't cutting as much weight as, as Suriano was because Suriano was pretty big. Um, so maybe give Zane, give Suriano that extra chance to kind of, you know, recuperate from the weight cut and give Zane that first match. So um, however it went, I think that was a big determination on how they wrestled that the the second day was going to be, you know, how they wrestled the first. Yeah. It's, I mean, it just shows you how deep we are. I mean, Soriano, what a talent, you know I mean? Unbelievable. And, but then they put Zane in and he, he earns the spot Sunday night. Like you got to assume that was pretty much the wrestle off. Like once you tech the bronze medalist, there's no way they're not going with you for the finals. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know, I know, I know coach Zadik was really struggling with some decisions. It wasn't just his weight. You know, there was another decision that probably had to be made. That was pretty tough on him um, because you have two guys that could both win, you know, and, and Coach Zadik's number one mission was to win that, and that was how he was going to honor Team USA. So he has to put in the guy that he yeah. felt at that time was going to give him the best chance to win. And, you know, I, I felt like at the time, I think Nick could have probably won too, but I thought I thought at the time it was the right call, the way Zane was wrestling. Who was the other weight? Uh, I think 70 kilos was a, was a big decision. Um, I know that they had Tyler Berger and, uh, and Alec Pantelio, both awesome wrestlers. And really, uh, Tyler wrestled lights out against the Mongolian. And then, you know, Alec wrestled in the afternoon. You know, it was a – that would be a hard decision. I, I don't, I don't want to have to make those. That's not, that's not my place. I'm glad I just got to go there and help Zane out. And, you know, whatever happened, happened. I know he would have held his head high. And he's just that – he has that type of moral fiber. And I, I think Tyler Berger has it too, you know, mm-hmm. and Nick Suriano, they didn't, they didn't act like babies and, you know, leave the place and throw fits and whatever else they, they were professionals. So it was, it was, it was awesome. Even Did everyone he- else, like even though our backups at 61 our backups at 65, I mean, you got Evan Henderson, one of the best guys in the world sitting behind Yanni and he's not sure if he's wrestling and you know what, what the situation is going to be. So, you know, we've got some really high, character on team USA in, in both, you know, the starters and I wouldn't even call them starters just because the guy in the backup could have won the the match just as easy. So. Yeah. And Marstell actually beat the Iranian who beat JB last summer. I mean, that yeah. just shows you how tough he is. I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, no, Marstell is a, he's a freak. So when you guys are getting ready to go out there Saturday, everyone pretty much assumed we were going to win those duels and, you know, of course anything could happen. Right. But you know, and, and you may have thought otherwise, cause you're just so deep into this. When you went into that duel against Mongolia, were you expecting that Yanni match to go the way it was, or is, is that one you had pegged that could go either way? I mean, that guy's a, a bronze medalist, former bronze medalist. You knew he's, he's really tough, you know, and Yanni's coming off of, you know, some competitions last week and, you know, I'm not in their camp or whatever he got, he got here a little bit later, so I don't know what his preparation was. I don't know what his mindset was. He's he's such a a wrestling you know fanatic that you know I I can't believe that he would show up unprepared or that was just an unpreparedness thing. So mm-hmm. and that guy's just he's really good from a couple of positions and you know I think uh, you know just looking back I think if they re wrestle the match it's it's something he could turn around right now. He obviously wrestled amazing in the final. So. He really did. And it just for that guy to be going from 
145 and a half to 149 traveling across the country going to an ivy league school like dude it's just too it's so much he puts on himself you know yep it's yep. Just, no, and, and this is an era when guys are doing way less matches but he's putting himself out there every chance he can get yeah yeah no he's he's special to have in our sport and he's he's good with fans and he's you know obviously he's he's a student you watch him you know you watch him pick things up and I'm sure we're going to talk about the finals in a little yeah. bit, but yeah, yeah, watching yeah. him kind of be like a computer in it. And like, you know, oh, I see something, you know? So. Yeah. And, and when you guys are going out there, like at some point as you're getting ready to walk out, it probably hits you that, all right, everyone here is representing team USA in the world cup. Like John Smith's wrestling in the world cup, Randy Lewis in the world cup. Like does coach Zadig give a little speech on like what it means to represent the USA, like before a big match like that, or is he kind of stay in the background? Uh, it's it's it was funny because Coach Zadek wasn't actually in the arena. He had gotten sick and wanted to stay away, so he was doing a lot of remote decision making. And Coach Russell was the was the fire upper guy, so he uh, he did a great job, um, you know. And and I think for for us, and I think for most of those guys, like they try not to be like, oh, Coach, you know, Coach Smith was in this building, and you know, like you said, Randy Lewis and all these great men. This was their team. Mm-hmm. This was their chance to win it. And I think they all kind of like gathered around. They could do something special together. And this would be their, you know, brick in the wall type thing instead of putting all that pressure of, oh, I got to live up to this name or whatever. So I think they definitely wrestled better for Team USA than they maybe they would have just for themselves. But at the same time, you know, I think, uh, you know, this was their chance. And the dual meet really brings that out. Like you were saying, there's nothing more fun than a duel. I mean, and, and, and just for folks who don't know, how does the dual meet scoring work in international duels? Okay, so each each win gets you one point. So, like, we we uh, if you win six matches, the duel is actually over. But if you if you if it's tied five five, it goes to these classification points, which actually really make it interesting because you could get tech fall. So a decision is three, a tech fall is four, and and a pin is five. But if I score a point, my team gets a point. So if you tech me to 11 to one, my team gets one, your team gets four. If you beat me eight to two, your team gets three, my team gets one. So you constantly can score a point just by going out there. You can still fight for the team, even though maybe you're wrestling the best guy in the world and maybe you're not at that level yet. You could still, you know, do something pretty special just by scoring a point, which was what Zilmer did, which, you know, the duel obviously wasn't on the line, but I really liked how, you know, he still fought for the team and was, was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's class act. I mean, again, just another guy where you put him in there and he wrestled, he wrestled tough with the worlds, you know, it's just like the project I'm doing now for an audio doc takes place in the two thousands. And man, you go back to that era for us to win matches at the world, sometimes like you didn't see that. Like it, it's just so night and day from where we were in the two thousands to now. It's crazy to me. Yeah, you yeah. know, we're, I mean, we're in a really good spot with USA wrestling right now, especially USA wrestling freestyle and women's freestyle. Yeah, yeah. If we have time, I got to get your thoughts on this Greco situation, man. I, I'm upset to see it. So. Let's get to you, Ron. One of the world powers, you know, they took us right down. Well, I wouldn't say took us to the wire at the world championships, but we're right there. Um, and, you know, wrestling is the most popular sport in Iran. So this was probably broadcast all throughout the country. What did you guys, what did you know about the, uh, the, I guess it's 125 and a half, 57 kilo guy Zane was wrestling going into that one. So he's a younger guy. Um, if you just go off of UWW's website, um, you know, he wrestled in the Asian championships um juniors and wrestled u23s and a couple other little tournaments had wrestled there but um one trick you can do if you ever want to really research iranian wrestlers you take their name and you translate it to farsi which is the persian language you put it back into google and youtube and you can find hundreds of matches so i was able to kind of find a ton of matches on the guy he wrestled he wrestled goya this this summer he wrestled in the iranian league and a lot of the russians were there since they weren't able to compete so he wrestled goya he wrestled megan madoff the guy who was at 61 kilos he's wrestled iran's number one guy he's extremely talented he's really good from a couple couple positions if you let him into him so you know we, we did know he was young and hungry and guys like that, they will change from tournament to tournament a little bit, but he was pretty consistent. He was able to kind of 
know, create a pretty good game plan for us. What did, uh, wait, so the Russians go wrestle in the Iranian league. That's how, like, is the Iranian league legit? Like, uh, like, a- yeah, no, it's, it's, it was, especially this year, I felt like it was really good. It's always good. Um, I feel like it's always pretty good. You know, they get huge crowd and small arena and, you know, it seems wild. I'd, lo- I'd love to watch it. I'd love to be there in person. It seems like a really, really an amazing event. So have you found these matches online, like the Iranian League? You can find those on YouTube? Yeah, wow. just take whoever you want. You just translate their name to Farsi and then put it into YouTube, and you'll, you'll find a ton of them. I usually add the word wrestling at the end. but yeah, you're yeah, able For to find someone like Ugoyev, though, he's as good as it gets. I mean, for him to go yeah. to that league, that's shit get him over here if he's willing to do that that's crazy yeah no he i think they pay pretty good so from what i understand the the paycheck in the iranian league is pretty sought after that's where sadakov was there a bunch of them were there so he was so Mm -hmm. the olympic champ was there wow oh two olympic champs yeah two olympic champs yeah holy smoke so is it and just quick side tangent how long is this season do you know like is it three Uh, months or no it's like I think it's it's not very long. At least like looking at the matches when they take place, it doesn't seem very long. Like I, I don't know what the what the schedule is, or you know, I know that they draw teams and things like that. I'm not really sure what the bracket looks like because I've just really seen the matches. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Wow. So in in going into the match for Zane, outside of this wrestler specifically, you think Iran, you think underhooks, and they do a lot of underhooks with their heads on the other side. You know, I, I remember growing up, and I don't know what's right or wrong, but you always heard keep the head on the same side as the underhook. You rarely see them do that. How do you analyze like their underhook game? Yeah, I mean, they're a couple of things. Like they're real quick with like they throw their shoulders. So when you if you throw your shoulder with your underhook, your head's going to naturally kind of fall to the far side, and they're able to do a lot of things with their legs there and pressure. Where if you pressure just with your head, you're kind of letting your arm get out away from your body a little bit. Um, they're able to kind of keep everything tight and kind of lock you in to where, you know, you can, they can really use their legs and drive and things like that. They're, they're really good. This particular guy doesn't though. That was, mm-hmm. that was one thing, you know, there, there are a couple of their guys that, that will do that. Obviously the 65 kilo, you know, Yazdani people like that, but there are a lot of them that they don't make that, make the living off of it. Like, like, like they're, some of their guys do, but I would say it's a good system to follow. They they do that on their feet, and then they they all a lot of them do the same kind of low lock gut gut wrench thing. Mm-hmm. So, and when you think the Zane's match, you know, there's a lot of pressure on that that match in particular, getting things started, and you know who knows what's going to happen in the team score. It's like, what'd you see on that match? Yeah, I mean, just I, I personally like I just wanted Zane to go out there and. and and competed as hard as he could, you know, and I think when Zane is a hunter and he's trying to score points and he's, you know, he took the first committed attack and scored. And I think it set the tone for the match. Um, you know, I do think he could have probably kept, kept, kept up with that pace a little bit more, but I, you know, I think when he's focused on defending he isn't as good. So you saw a lot of times, like maybe he got in a sort of a scramble or bad position, but they immediately kind of attacked it to his offense, which is something he's been focused on a lot. Like just, get out there and wrestle and score points instead of worrying about, you know, letting your head become trying to become Isaac Newton or whoever trying to figure out these, <laughs> these high end equations, just go out there and score points. So he did a good job. Yeah. What an awesome weekend for him, you know, going into, going into gross weight, you know, the guy was, see, I think he was 17, they said. Um, so they, but he was a U 17 world champ. Were you surprised by this result? No, no, he, he was, he had a rough, he had a rough tournament. I think he went on three and, you know, I think, I think he got tacked all three matches too. So it was, it was, a he was, he was a guy that probably, you know, have, have a couple, I know they do have a couple guys that are a little bit higher level, but maybe it was like, Hey, they're, they're not high enough that we can get this guy, you know, more competition or, you know, get him, elevated quicker this is obviously going to make him a better wrestler having gone through this this experience so um yeah no i i, I really wasn't shocked at what gross was able to kind of do to him there gross was, was hard just, to wrestle too yeah and he was just doing some some folk style stuff on top man yeah. that guy probably had never even felt that i mean that was just total uh seth gross style yeah no really good i mean a, a u17 world champ that's young i mean that would be like I mean, obviously it's the the U17, but I can't even imagine 
one of our guys that young being out there with this caliber of wrestlers. I mean, that's, that's a tall order. Yeah. And you, you see that a little bit more overseas than you do in America for whatever reason. I don't know. We uh, tend to keep developing hopefully when they're, when they're that age and kind of through, but you know, I can remember watching Saja live when he was a cadet. I think the next year he either won the senior Europeans or something like that. You know, they're, they do have those like those special guys that do that, but, this guy's not ready yet, but <laughs> for that. talk about one who is though. I mean, is it Amuzad? How do you pronounce the guy's name at 65? Uh, I think it's Amuzad Khalili. Dude, this guy, I mean, I think everyone loves watching him wrestle. I mean, the way he keeps his hips so far back, I mean, Yanni can get to everyone and he struggles getting to this guy's leg. I mean, he wrestled great in this match. I mean, he yeah. better than he did. Uh, maybe not great, but better than he did. But man, that, it's so hard to penetrate that guy's head and hands defense. Yeah. And he's so quick to get that underhook. Like I, I feel like, you know, a lot of Yanni's kind of fakes and things like that. He was kind of falling into those underhooks pretty quick. Yanni did a good job at this time of staying grounded a lot. You know, there's a lot of those like weird grounded calls. I'm not, I'm still kind of confused at when it's a point and when it's not a point and whatever else, but you know, I feel like he saw something too. You know, I feel like he, when he got him reacting a lot more when he's able to kind of pull him forward, cause he does keep his hips back when he's able to kind of hand fight that Amazon Khalili did not like that. And I think, I think that got him to reach a couple times. And I, you know, the, the second time when Yanni hit that, that, that duck was so nasty because you saw him in the first one, he kind of saw it. And then it was like a little computer out there. Like his mind was going, he's like, Oh, I see it again. And then it was like, it was like the reaction time and everything was, was pretty awesome. You know, and it, it's great to see him close the distance on him. You know, I think, uh, you know, he's going to keep doing that and keep kind of putting things together. Cause that's what kind of athlete he is, you know, from the outside, I watch him quite a bit and you kind of see him progress and he's all about progression, progression, progression. And towards like that 2024 Olympics, you know, I think, uh, you know, by the time they get there, I think he's going to have it all kind of mapped out like like Goodwill hunting, right? On the, yeah. on, the, <laughs> yeah. on, the uh, on the chalkboard, and the end result is just going to be this gold medal. So I hope so. He's yeah. definitely a, one of our favorites and just great ambassador for wrestling. That that little duck he hit, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, I think he was up at that point after that. Maybe he was yeah. up too, right? Yeah. And yeah, then he no, got... I thought he actually they actually missed a crotch lift for um, the Iranian. I thought yeah, he, got- he kind of car wheeled on his head a little bit. Um, okay, I saw that earlier too, where they where they let that go because he he was on it. He never his head kind of stayed in contact. And you see his shoulders kind of pivot. Um, I thought it was the right call, like looking at it real time. I haven't watched it second time. Mm-hmm. The second time obviously was the actual the actual crotch lift. So got it. So the first okay, so that's what happened is that he didn't expose. He kind of went right on his head. Yeah, I thought they just flat out missed it. I was like. Looked like he went over twice, but I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> <You're not gonna laughs> you know, it's me. like, I'll take it. Okay, yeah, so you brought up a great point, though. Like, as awesome uh, as it was to see him make these improvements, as a wrestling fan, it's really tough to see the U.S. being masters of this grounding rule. And I, I, it's not just the U.S., but it just seemed like a lot of times we're good, we're good at strategy. And, like, guys would shoot in the middle, drive, drive, drive. We drop to and get pushed out. This is the first event where I can really – remember it being so glaring maybe it happens all the time but is this the first one to you where it was just like whoa i mean well, it's just i mean to be honest like you you look at zane's match richards there was two grounding calls where zane was actually wrestling where he was he they left the mat but they were in parts here they left the mat but zane was scrambling especially the second one the second one was a terrible call i thought and then the other times there were times where a guy shot and like you said they slid across the mat on their knees or we'd you get to your knees and you slide out and, and it's always been called like you go out of bounds under attack. Even though you're in part two, you go out of bounds under attack. And it's always been one point before, but I don't know if this was a great reference crew. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. Like if it was, maybe there was some, you know, I'm not a hundred percent why they didn't or what the big inconsistency was. Um, but yeah, no, that's got to go away. It's got to go away because sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. And it just, Anytime there's something like that, we're, we're really working against ourselves in wrestling. It's already kind of already hard to understand. And we make it harder to where, you know, you're, I would say you're an expert in wrestling. You, you run a podcast, you watch a ton of wrestling. I watch a ton of wrestling. And if a call is being made and we don't understand who's going to score, 
then that's a problem. That's mm -hmm. an issue that has to be has to be sought out and fixed. It's tough because I was for a while there on the just drinking the push out Kool-Aid thinking college you need to go to push out because it removed the ambiguity of stalling and like yeah. now the college rules I don't I don't really know exactly the letter of the law and what that action and push out means. So I was yeah. like, all right, push out points, great. You know, yeah. but now I'm seeing this. But but then the the always it always was like if you're scrambling on the mat and someone gets a push out, what's happened then? Like, right? If you're if someone yeah, no. shoots you, stop the attack and then you're scrambling, then to me that's grounding. But if you're just to your point, you haven't stopped anything and you're just sliding backwards, that's um that's a little bit of a different story. Yeah, yeah. I think you I think it's pretty easy to make that make that change and make it quick. If you're if you're on the mat and you're scrambling and somebody's in a leg attack and you end up out of bounds, so be it. But if if I shoot on you and four feet from the outside and you drive you out of bounds and you're sliding on your knees, it's just and there is no stop. You haven't stopped me. You haven't pressured back in. Like you go out of bounds in one motion, it's a point, and that's mm -hmm. a pretty easy fix. Hopefully, uh, hopefully UWW is listening to this podcast and makes Doubtful. that change. <laughs> I, uh, it's, I almost felt, I felt for the Iranians a little bit. Cause I'm like, man, this is, it doesn't feel like home cooking, but I've just never seen so many beneficial calls go to the U S way. And I'll take it. Cause I feel like I can count to many where an injustice has been done to us, but, um, whatever it is, it seemed like it was pretty consistent though for both yeah. teams, you no, know, for sure. No, they were making that same call the other way. Like it was, it wasn't like that was one call that, that right. went the other way. So yeah, but you saw the uh, yeah you saw you saw the Iranian coach. I love those guys. They're just so passionate, man. Like it's just funny to watch them. I don't know who the uh, there's an older gentleman who was map side at the beginning, but then this real animated guy. Who's so that's that? That's their head coach. So that's their head coach now. Um, he used to have this guy named Kadim was their was their head coach, and I don't know maybe he said something anti government or something. So they got rid of him, and they got this new guy. who's very pro government. And man, that guy always starts in the back, but then yeah. when things get heated, he's he's up front. He tells the guy, "Get out of here." He's sweating, sweats flying. I mean, he's he is drenched in sweat, and I don't know how he doesn't have heart attacks. I'm not sure what his like blood pressure is or what he does, but he keeps himself <laughs> he keeps himself in it. There, he is in it the whole time. So. He's funny because he's like slightly overweight and so they showed him like swiping himself down with his shirt he lifted his shirt up his stomach's <laughs> hanging out i'm just like oh my god the guy is just but to your point though he started in like the second coaching chair by i think after yanni's match he's front side and he's going bananas and it's it's fun to watch those guys um so i mean for rasul hadim to be taken out i mean that guy is one of the best i mean and, yeah. and, and I'd heard that Ali Reza Devere was running the show, but that guy's definitely not him because he's much smaller. So yeah, no. I, I don't know. I don't uh, know. I think yeah. this guy's a little more pro government. What they want as a as a, as a government in there, guy that's going to help promote yeah. the things they're promoting. I'm not 100. percent So after after Yanni's match, then we get into some matches that are more like things could go either way, and. I think the Iranians definitely thought that baby as Donnie was getting the win at, at seven, at, at 70. Yeah. He was not ready to wrestle as hard as Alec Pantelio was about to wrestle. That was, that was for sure. He walked out, he slapped hands. He kind of took us as Donnie kind of took a step back and Pantelio was on him and stayed on him. And man, he hit that first double leg and came up with a chat. I think he went double and maybe changed single or whatever, but it was, there was some horsepower and really wrestled, really wrestled a really good match for most of it. He looks so strong, <laughs> just a yeah. just a just a thick dude, man. Yeah, it was funny listening to some one of the international guys I was there talking to, and he was pointing to him, and he's like seventy four kilos. I'm like, nope, <laughs> that's seventy kilos right there. That's a lot. Of, there's a lot of a lot of muscle in there. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I mean, up until the last little exchange, there really, you know, controlling the match. The that could have been. And we won by two two matches. We won six to four. So it's not like that's going to change it. But that one could have gone. Uh, so to kind of break down what happened at the end there for folks who didn't watch it. So I I actually, to be honest, I was watching walking by a TV and I've yet to see it live again. I I personally thought it went two and two immediate and, and we lost. So I kind of walked away and then I heard there was a challenge. Came back later and I heard I found out Pantello. I've yet to rewatch the match, but. Um, 
you know, looking at the duel, what would have happened though, just, just to clarify is even if we would have lost that, which we didn't, um, you know, in UWW looked at it, there was a challenge. I know Bella Glazov challenged it. Um, even if we would have lost that, we still would have won. Cause even with a five, five split on criteria, we were still going to win. So Got that's, it. what's good about in fact gross had a tech and can't remember that Zilmer scored a point. I think that would have been the difference. And Yazdani's a world and folks for listening. This isn't the David Taylor Yazdani. This is, this is, I don't even know if it's related or, or what, but I've heard they are, but okay. you know, I'm not hundred percent, but he has been a world, world medalist before, right? Yep. Yeah. He was a world champ 65. Um, I, I believe champ. so. Oslo, Shit. I believe. So, okay. Oslo got it. And Pantaleo, I mean, he's solid, but I mean, that's just how deep the world, the U S is. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, and and I think uh, you know, and like I said, I I've, I felt like really Pantelio out wrestled him, so that was it was really good. And you know, Yazdani had last year at the Worlds, he had the infamous Israeli draw, so he had to he had to not. I don't know if he weighed in or just forfeited after he weighed in, or I don't think he weighed in, but um, so he he wasn't able, and he was probably on like most scorecards probably people would have picked him or Zane I feel like they were the probably the two most common picks to who was going to win the world championships last year without Russia there so having Patello go out there and really wrestle him hard and was was really inspiring so I think about all the uh, stories of guys who go to Russia and train and they say how like the Russians get irked that like we're so heavy hand fighting they'll do a little finger wave and it, you know that's mm-hmm. not how you wrestle over there right yeah. That's how Pancelli was wrestling this guy. Dude, he was in his face, clubbing, pushing. Man. Um, and man, it's just crazy that knowing that Iran had a chance to win the world championships this past year, and they still stuck to that principle of not, you know, wrestling people from Israel. Like that's crazy because they left a lot of points on the board with taking him out. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's you know, there's things that they deal with that are outside of wrestling that are bigger. You know, oh, like, yeah. I don't think you put your family in harm's way for a wrestling match. I, I love my son enough that, you know, if I thought something bad was going to happen to him, I'm not wrestling anything. So, right. like, you know, they're dealing with different things that, than we than we ever even have to think about. So, you know, feel feel really bad for him. Oh, yeah. It's not like it's his decision. I mean, he's just, mm-hmm. you know, he's it's way above him. So... Pantaleo wins. And then the next match is the next. Oh, next match is Nolf, which that's the that's the situation where the guy had an underhook. I, I rewatched this like four times. He kind of pushes the wrist down, puts the head in the hole. And yeah. it's just, man, what a unique way to score from that. Yeah, they the Iranians will do that a lot from like if they can beat your arm on the non underhook side. If they can beat that off your body, they'll slip their head in there and they kind of find themselves in like a weird like a, like a head inside single or something like that. But he was able to kind of convert that to just circling behind him. Uh, Sajalive does that a lot too from, from his, from his underhook offense. So yeah, it was, it was slick. It was slick. Now was this the brother of the guy who wrestled Nate Jackson? I'm not sure. I mean, they had the same name, not a hundred percent. So I mean, I don't know. Nolf wrestled. I mean, Nolf as good as they come. He wrestled tough. He just couldn't get through there. Yeah, yeah, he just he got kind of got caught in a couple underhooks late, where it just you could just see that time ticking, ticking, ticking. You know, he's got he's got great attacks. You know, was was not really getting him to bite on a couple of his fakes and things like that. So you know, I'm sure that's a match. I think that wasn't like one guy was way better than the other guy, but just one guy ended up with one takedown. So mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, you know they re wrestle. I think Nolf could beat him, but but he obviously got the win yesterday. It's crazy how much the underhook neutralizes guys. I mean, they just wait for stalemates because you can't like the, the Iranians are so good at it. They just it's you, they can't even bust out of it. I mean, we're talking about Jason Nolf here. Yep. Yeah, no. And and really, to be honest, you can't do that. You can't you can't let them shorten the match like that in the pressure. Like you have to keep like you look at what Taylor did with his underhook once he mastered like clearing it and clearing it to some sort of offense. It kind of took Yazdani completely out of his game a little bit. You can't, you can't sit there and, and you can't clear it over and over and over again because now you're just wasting all your time clearing underhooks. So, 
you know, I think you have to find a way to kind of generate some offense from that position itself. Like, like, uh, you know, I'll go back to talk about Yanni. Yanni, like, uh, Amuzak Khalili was kind of looked like he was reaching for an underhook. And when he did, Yanni peaked that and hit that duck. That's, that's how he kind of got to it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think it's ways of kind of generating things like that. Cause if you just leave, let them in there, it's just, it takes a six minute match and makes it to where maybe you don't get to wrestle, but for a minute or so. Right. Yeah. David Taylor this year at the worlds. I mean, he was just, once he stopped that, it, it, it kind of like threw Yazdani for a loop. He was totally, he didn't have an answer for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we talked about it before on the podcast. I saw him do something that I never really saw anybody else do prior to Yazdani at least was just pop his elbow and then kind of get to the same side. We've been playing with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It is really effective. It, it it stops a guy from getting the pressure at all. And it just kind of beats his, beats his position really quick and explosively instead of more aggressively and less, less just more of a passive clear. So mm-hmm. good. it's good stuff. So Nolf loses a tight one. I, I can't remember the exact sort, maybe like three, one, three Oh, um, I'll post the, sh- the full results, but Nolf loses a tight one. Then going into to uh, 79, JB, they showed him walking out of the tunnel. I've never seen a wingspan on someone's back like that before. <laughs> the guy's yeah. looking jacked. Yeah. He's amazing being that God. old, looking like that, making me feel terrible. Man, <laughs> like his back is just literally like a V, man. Just It's insane how in, at this weight, you know, the allowance and everything, he looks filled out, but man, he just looked like Tom Brady out there, dude, like going into that match, you're like, this guy's going to go forever. Yeah. He's, he's a professional for sure. He's great for the sport. Very well-spoken lives the right lifestyle. You know, he's, he's great to have guys like him and Kyle Snyder. And so you can point to take your kid, point to him and be like, just do what he does. Just mm-hmm. live, live like he does say the things he does. So he's a great role model for these guys. And he loves the fans interacting and, you know, and, and you, we know that, Iranians love Jordan Burroughs. Like they freaking go nuts for this guy. And up until this match, they had never beaten Jordan Burroughs in a match. Mm-hmm. And so JB gets up 4-0. And I remember thinking, there's no way this guy can come back. Like there's no way he's losing a 4-0 lead. You know? What what happened to in your eyes? Well, there's a couple of things. One, going into it, this guy beat Sadakov about two months ago in the Iranian league. So He's Whoa. a full, yeah, no, I mean, you look at his results, he, he does a lot just like in Asians. I think like his one, one time at the Worlds, he went in like juniors in 2018. So like, he's like an Iranian product. Like he wrestles a lot in the Asian games and then a lot like in these uh, Islamic games and things like that. He doesn't really get to the Worlds very much because they're super deep around his weight typically. Mm-hmm. And and he's a 79 kilo guy that's full size. Like he's cutting a lot as, as ripped as JB looks like he is, he's, he's big, he's big and thick and strong. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think, uh, you know, you knew he was going to have a great gas tank. You knew he was going to be really conditioned. You knew he was going to be really strong. I think Burroughs kind of, you know, after that first initial attack, I think it was, uh, you know, pretty hard to get him to, to bite on any of his face. I feel like he, the guy did a really good job of doing, you know, controlling center and at the same time keeping his head between and moving his feet. So, you know, the guy's super strong, knew he's super talented, knew he's going to be there at the end of the match. You just, you had it in your head somehow Jordan was going to win. Like you saw it go 6'6", you saw him flee, get the cautions, like 6'6", he's going to get pushed out. He's going to do something. Like it's going to be this way, you know, this, that's just the, what Burroughs does like has made me feel has made other wrestling people feel when you watch him is just, he's like Superman, you know, and then he gave his best. And, you know, I think, like I said, a lot of these matches could be re-wrestled today and with a different result, you know, I think a little better tactically, you know, move his head and get, get a little more angles on some of his attacks and maybe put a couple more sprints in there. I think, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was, it wasn't a match that, I don't think anybody – there was people in that gym that knew that guy had the ability to beat him, knew he'd beaten guys that were just as good as him and, you know, was going to be a tough match. I think maybe some of the American audience that wasn't as familiar with the Iranians yeah. didn't really feel that way. So, I mean, but think about that, though. I mean, you're watching this match knowing that he just beat Sadakov, who, for the folks who don't know, I usually mispronounce it, Sidakov. This is the, the best 74 
74, I guess. Yeah, 74 kg guy in the world, hands down. I mean, he's won the world. He's won the Olympics. Um, he's beaten JB twice. He wasn't at, or he beat, and then he beat the Belarusian that beat Dig. So it's like, who's, I mean, he's he's been as good as anyone's been at that weight. And so this Iranian beat him. Yeah, yeah. And then he beat him two to one, kind of, and, and Sadakov is, Sadakov, I'm going to guess, walks around at like 76 kilos. Like he, he doesn't cut any, he's like infamous for his conditioning and like he doesn't put any fat. He doesn't have a bounce. He doesn't like go up and down. Like he is a very strict, like, steady weight so in my head like it's okay. like yeah you beat him but you're 81 kilos i don't know the weigh-ins for the iranian league the guy could have been 83 kilos so you're you're talking you're 20 pounds bigger than this guy and they were they look like they were different weight classes so i mean i think okay I'm looking at him i didn't think that that's a real thing you knew he could wrestle hard you knew he was gonna give give burrows a good match but in the head like i think everybody expected him to to be to win the match so and it was cool afterwards. He actually raised Jordan Burroughs' hand. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I couldn't imagine the feeling that he had, you know, that that's like, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, who who beat, who beat Joe Lewis? Was it Rocky Marciano knocked out Joe Lewis and, like, felt terrible about it? Like, right, there's right, a part right. of that, like, Jordan Burroughs is a hero. You know, he's like, no doubt. he's like a figure uh, that goes on Mount Rushmore as far as wrestling goes. And I'm sure that guy has a little bit of that, you know, that today is super excited, but at the same time, like, oh man, you know, <laughs> I just, I just knocked the goat off, you know, right. but at the same time, like Burroughs was unfazed. Like he's such a professional, like he'd still be in that arena taking pictures right now. I stayed with everybody, signed everybody's stuff. Like everybody had a big smile on his face. His kids were there. Like, yeah, he's not happy he lost, but at the same time, like his, his, he, he's got high character, you know, and I mentioned it before. It's just, you know, that, and if you're going to be a great wrestler, I don't think you can hide character anyways. Like, I think you have to have it. And he's got it in, he's got it in bunches. So he, he isn't going to be down for long and, and, you know, and see him being right there for another world championship next year. Oh, no question. I was going to say, what was he like on the bench afterwards? You know, just normal or like. Great. Yeah. Great. He was out after, I mean, he, obviously no one likes to lose. These guys are ultimate competitors. You know, they, he hated losing. But at the same time, like his his character wasn't going to let him hide underneath somewhere or quit or go home or whatever. You know, he went back out. He supported the rest of the team and, you know, shook hands with people, was on the awards ceremony. Like I said, so even though he lost, like the Iranians were going crazy for him still. Like, I love you, Burroughs, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, he's he's a special guy. And so you think that, you know, if you're Iran, you thought baby Azdani would maybe be Pentelio. Um, you're thinking JB, you know, probably, you know, you think you probably, maybe you lose that one. You, they're probably not thinking that, but you know, historically how it's gone. Um, but then Zahid Karimi, Karimi's legit. Yeah. To be honest, in my head, I thought we were in trouble a little bit just because of, I knew, I knew they're 86, 92 and what they, you know, what they could have done at 92, 97 could really make it down to five to five. And then you're thinking Zelmer's got this monster. He's got to figure out a way to score, not get tagged, like in my head. And, but Zahid is, you know, he's a junior world champ. He's, he's, he's very, very good. You know, we know, we know how, what his capabilities are. It's just, he hasn't done that on the world stage to a guy like Karimi. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think he goes out there and he scores and, you know, I've seen him score on good guys before. And, you know, as the match went on, you're like, holy cow, he's going to do this. And that was really big because you knew in your head, you're like, whoever they put against Snyder is going to win. So then it's going to come down. If we could just pull these two off, then Snyder's the closer. and Nothing goes down to craziness at the end. So. And do you think it was a disadvantage for Iran to put Gassimpour against Snyder? I think they, they knew they had to win that match. So I think it, I I think they probably said to themselves, at least kind of my thought was like, if we win 92, if we can win 92 and 97, now now that we lost 86, we got to win 92 and 97. Although they made the announcement prior, I'm not 100%, yeah. but they could have got it to a five and five-ish match. Like they had to get it. They had to beat Snyder to make it five and five. They, they kind of knew they were going to wrestle at heavyweight. So, 
I mean, you put your best guy out there to try to make that happen. And their 92 is really, really good too. Both their, I think they're 92. And then there was another guy, maybe they're 74. We're both U23 and U20 champs, I think this year. So, so that was both... the the guy who Nate Jackson wrestled U23 world champ. And then the guy mm-hmm. Zilmer wrestled U23 world champ. Maybe you're thinking of someone else too. Yeah, no, no. I'm thinking of the guy who won David Carr's so 74. The guy who beat Nolf wow. was also. So they've got a they've got a crop of phenomenal guys coming up. And they wrestle a fun way. Like I love how they wrestle. I mean, most of the time they're scrapping and they're really bringing mm-hmm. the heat and they wrestle with a lot of passion. So it's it's fun to watch that. Um. Okay. So he beats Karimi and then Nate Jackson. Man, love Nate Jackson. Just <laughs> another guy who's like, yeah. there's so many guys on Team USA right now. They're having like like a resurgence in their career. Like Chance Marsteller was down and out. He's back on. Nate yeah. Jackson, you know, he's been at various points of his career. Even Zane, you know, he's been, he's had, you know, points where maybe you thought he was going to step into coaching, but he's back. So it's like Nate Jackson, another guy, Illinois guy. Yeah. Man. Oh, like not, not special either. Probably not really highly recruited out of high school. Just a worker and a great human being, you know, just got to, his life is together, you know, and he's got, he's got all the ducks in the row and, and it makes, you know, him, him be better wrestling. You know, he, he's got the discipline and everything in his life kind of in order. And it's, it's really at the right time kind of panning out. So excited to see him for this year, but yeah, no, he hits him with that, that first double leg and then it's a scrap for the rest of the time. So it was, it was a yeah. really good match. That was a great match. He's ended up, I think, kind of the decider was, you know, he was in that gut position where he was starting to maybe turn a little bit. And he just, he was like, I'm not going. And there was that moment where the guy, his lock slipped and Jackson was able to step over. And I think that that was like the whole, the whole match was in that moment. Mm -hmm. It was like, I'm just not, I should probably give up. And this is probably, this is really tight and this is really hurting, but I'm not going. And he ended up stepping over and almost kind of getting the fall at the end. I think that was at the end of the first period, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then just fought his butt off in the, in the second. Yeah. He, man, when he hit that double to start it, it's like, I don't know if anyone in Iran can even like demonstrate that type of fast twitch. Like it's crazy. No, no, no I don't think so. I, I've never seen him do it. I've never seen, you know, there's, he, he's, he's got super long arms and he's got no fear when, and there's no like hesitation or whatever. He's got a great double leg and it's not, you know, I wouldn't call it like a Burroughs-esque double leg. I wouldn't say Pantello's got a Burroughs-esque double leg. It's a, that's a Nate Jackson double leg. And it is, it is money. Deadly. It hits like a freight train. <laughs> we'll save Snyder gas and pour for our last topic. But I want to ask you, is Zaire, is this the backup for Zaire at heavyweight? The backup. That's the craziest thing. Is this kid is 18 years old. And he's behind a guy that's like 20, 21. So, I mean, I don't know how old this guy is, but he's looking at like uh, being the best guy behind. I mean, it's not like he can go up and he's not going down. I'll tell you that much. That guy, he he may be in two years not able to make weight. That is, he is a full heavyweight right now <laughs> at 18. And he's good. That's he's a, a big good dude. wrestler. So, yeah, Iran is lucky at the heavyweight position right now. They're all, all those dudes at those upper weights, they just look so like physically put together and just intimidating. That's the only way to put it, man. They're just scary yeah. to look at. Yeah, they come out there. They got the, all got the same haircut. They're all about, you know, really thick shoulders, really thick hips and a little bit of hair on them and their backs and like shoulders like are covered been, with hair. <laughs> yeah, they, they look like they've been through like you know, war of some sort. And it's like, man, I don't know. That's a hard that's a hard looking man. Even the kid that Zane wrestled walked out there. And I'm like, man, this kid, they said he's young, but I don't know, man. He looks, he's got like a full beard and like, doesn't look like mm. a hard, hard, hard person. Like if, like if the average person felt like one of these dudes grabbed their forearm or their wrist, like, I don't think they realize how strong yeah. these do. And not that our guys aren't, don't get me wrong, but these guys just look freaking intimidating. That's the only way to put it, man. They just come out there just you know, and their style is that way. They're physical. They're when they throw an underhook. If your if your face is in the way of that that's an uppercut. <laughs> yeah, no, they're punching sure. that thing straight up, and it's like really just an aggressive way to wrestle. I'm sure it's exhausting. Um, and then the, you know the main event. I really tip my hat to Iran for making this match happen. Gas and Port 
you know, I can read off the stats, but you know him better than I do. Two time world champ. He's beaten Jaden Cox a number of times. Tell everyone about this guy. Yeah, no, I mean, he's super talented. Um, has been wrestling. I think he probably his first world medal was like in 2015. So he's probably about Snyder's age ish. So, I mean, he's started off young and did really well. I think he was at 86 kilos. So I know he was, he started off at 86 and kind of worked his way up to 92. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he's, He's super talented and, and really, really a good wrestler. And, you know, I think Snyder, know, you know, kind of listening to him and, you know, kind of trying to soak in when he talks and things like that, he wanted the best wrestler there. So I think when he found out who he was wrestling, like he was just, thank you. You know, thank God. Thank you wow. for letting this match happen. So he wasn't shying away from it. He was ready to wrestle. And like how many times will he put the team result on his back and just go out there fearless? You don't. This is no no hesitation with him. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a man of faith. You know, really strong Christian. Um, believes believes in just doing his best, and you know he's gonna let the chips fall, and you know he lets wrestling just be wrestling. You know, and I think that's that's there's something powerful in that where he's not taking the anxiety and everything else that we kind of carry sometimes, and he's able to just be like, all right, I trust God, I trust my preparations, and it's pretty special. You know, like I said, we're we're lucky enough in this age to have some really good role models, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad for me having a young young son in wrestling that I could point to point to him and be like, do 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 what this guy does. He's yeah. he's doing it right. It's such a change from the era of like the '90s, where if you lost a match, you're kicking trash cans, people are screaming, <laughs> and like it's just a totally different thing. You know that it's we like have. The IKWF sexual, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, for sure, these guys are not there. They're professionals. And I, I'd go back and I just told our guys this story. And, you know, Nolf, he loses. And obviously he's not happy. But, you know, talk about his character. I went – I was a lot – they gave me these stack of, like, papers to hand out to guys, like little, little like, diploma-looking things. And I don't know if anybody wanted them, but I'm, like, searching for people, trying to hand them out. I go back there, and he's cleaning up our warm-up area, like throwing all the bottles away just by himself. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this is why you're great. You're, you're great because your, your character is this way. Like you saw some bottles on the ground. You weren't going to let team USA get the the black eye for having a dirty, dirty thing. You took it on yourself. So mm-hmm. they're all like this, like the, every one of the guys on that team. And, you know, I could say great things about them all. You know, they all have very, very strong high character. Did you pick anything up from Coach Varner while you were there? You know, these guys are like the uh, the Bill Belichick's, right? They don't say anything. I watched but... every. I watched every. I went in there early for weigh-ins, so they would do weigh-ins at like eight o'clock, and Team USA would leave at seven fifteen to go over there. I would leave at six thirty because I knew Varner was working out with Snyder, and they would be the only ones in the gym. So it was just Varner and Snyder, and uh, Nolf was there. But sometimes he worked out, sometimes he didn't. But I, I would watch them pretty, pretty. Uh, pretty intently. You know, I think that they do a great job with their guys. And I think you're, you're, you're kind of a fool of a coach if you're not really looking around and seeing who, who the best guys are and what they're doing to prepare themselves. So yeah, no, I picked a couple things up. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I mean, again, just an awesome place for wrestling to think about, you know, all the guys and just all their coaches coming together. And I mean, all the coaches, it's like Brandon say Olympic champ, you know, it's like just so many guys in there. It's like, like Mark Perry's there. You're in there. It's that awesome. You know, I, I it's just yeah. so fun to watch. Let me yeah, ask you. Have you like, you have like Brandon Slay, Olympic champ, and <laughs> McCoy, world champ. And then this guy from Illinois, that's farm kid from Illinois. And then Mark Perry's there. Yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, man. At it's some like... point, somebody's going to realize I'm in there and be like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> that's how I feel in this <laughs> podcast, bro. I really um, do. Like, uh, yeah, it's um, it's funny like that though. The, now, the weigh-in for Sunday. When did you guys weigh in? At noon or like eight, eight o'clock? So it's the, the same weigh-in both days. So wow. yeah, it was kind of weird. Like I, I didn't really get why you even have a weigh-in. Then if you're gonna have, if you're gonna weigh in at eight and wrestle at six. You know, let's just cancel the weigh-in for the second day. But they they had it, and there were some teams that wrestled like um third place matches and things like that that wrestled a little bit earlier. But there was a ton of like. It was almost back to the old days of having just such a very long time to, to recover. Yeah. And I didn't, and I know we're about to wrap up here. The world team, I didn't get the chance to watch them, but they almost beat Iran. It sounds like. 
Yeah, no, it was it was super close duel. You know, they 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 had some visa problems with the guy. It was funny, <clears throat> Musakaya wasn't able to be there. Mm. They but they found a Kyrgyzstan guy that actually was training in Champagne the week before that won the Bill Farrell, and they're like, hey, you should come. One of the Kyrgyzstan coaches on the world coach world team. They brought them out. Um, but it's like anything else. I I feel like Iran won that duel because they're a unit. Whereas like not saying that the world team didn't wrestle well or wrestle hard. It's really hard to wrestle for all of these hired guns. And you see this in college wrestling a lot. You see this in high school wrestling. When all these kids kind of transfer in and, you know, that team doesn't necessarily gel right away. I feel like when you kind of grow up, I mean, a lot of these Iranians, you know, and I don't know if the 74, like you said, 74 and 92 could be brothers, you know, like they grew up wrestling together. And when they were seven, eight, nine years old. So it was pretty easy for them to fight for each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these guys that have been on multiple world cups together in the U S feel the same way. Like it's easy. <clears throat> it's easy. If you're Zane Richards to look at, you know, Kyle Steiner and be like, Oh, I'm fighting for this guy. This guy is, you know, and know that Kyle Steiner is going to fight back for you. So I think the world cup, the world team, it's a great idea. I'm not sure if it's ever going to be a real team. that's going to pull out a real gutsy team effort. Right. You know, I don't think you wrestle better <clears throat> for a team if you're on the all world team, but I know for a fact that you can elevate yourself in a dual team format to the point where like, I I'm going to rest because I can do things for somebody else that I can't do for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I would, you know, walk out into traffic and get hit by a car for my son right now, right this second, you know? And I feel like that if you can kind of bottle that up in a, in a miniature fashion and get it into a team atmosphere, you know, these guys can go out and compete for dual team matches and dual team points like they just never could in a tournament that they just were by themselves in. So, yeah. you know, it's a cool it's a cool idea, but I'm not really sure wrestling wise if it equates in a dual format. And this goes into my there's a million things I'm going to ask you about. I'm going to limit myself to three rapid fire questions. We'll be out of here in five minutes. Okay, Why cool. is to me, having the World Cup at this time of year is like having the national duels for NCAA wrestling in May. Like, why is this tournament always two months after the biggest event of the year when everyone's kind of in their down period? No, you got to have it now. I mean, that's the bad thing is because you have uh, so many deciding tournaments later on. And we, we ran into this with Japan. Japan's world team trial starts the Emperor's Cup next week. So they didn't they couldn't send their best team. So if you if you get too far into 2023, guys can't do it because they're they're doing events that decide their world and Olympic team. So it has to be kind of now. In my opinion, that's how I think it is. But I'm got I'm it. So we saw the world question two. We saw the world championships for next year. They're moved to Belgrade again. Mm-hmm. Do we know for sure if Russia is banned, or is there a chance Russia may be there? I, you know, and I'm, I'm obviously, I'm just reading things, but I, I saw the first positive thing kind of come out where there was a suggestion of letting them back in. So, and I had heard that maybe one of the Russian, wasn't the wrestling federation, it was another one that said that they were pretty hopeful they were going to get to compete next year. And it's just, it's got to happen. Like, I, I don't, I don't know why we're even still talking about this. Especially in the worlds before the Olympics. This is the, so it doesn't happen next year. They're done they're not in the Olympics. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna have to bypass the Ukraine ladies winning. I can't even imagine the emotions they're feeling with everything that's going on right now for Team Ukraine to win the World Cup. China beating Japan is, I mean, knowing the history China and Japan have, and just you know historically, but also you think about the Japanese women. Were they not there because of the Emperor's Cup as well? There's, they didn't have their best team, but they had a good team. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would think their their team was a little better than the men's team. But um, China's got a coach from Mahachkala, Dagestan. He's been one of their coaches. So you're going to see a you're going to see a positive swing in the China Chinese Women's Federation here. Last thing, it's a dark subject, Greco. What's I'm sorry to ask. I just want to know. You, you you don't have to say too much. Does this because they're canceling the position of general manager? Is there still a head coach like a Bill Zadik for Greco or no right now? Right now, I don't think so. Right now, I think that they're kind of, like I said, I'm not in the decision-making process. I'm not any part of it. So um, everything I hear, I, you know, I hear from people that are 
inside of the coaching system or the athlete system, I've got a few athletes that are wrestling Greco. So, you know, just um, my job is just to make sure that they have what they need. But at the same time, it seems like they're hopefully a decision will be made pretty quick in, in which direction they're going. You know, it doesn't, doesn't sound like they have a, a, it sounds like they have an idea. I read something where they said, we're not opening up uh, the position, but so that to me seems like they already, they already have somebody kind of in mind to take it over. So just needs to be changed. I mean, that's the thing is right now we're, we're doing the same old thing, just spending our tires and, you know, it's like anything else. If you stuck in the mud and you just punch the gas harder, you're just going to get further sunk. So I think we need, we need to throw some salt behind those tires or do something. We have to figure out something else. And Man. right now it's not working. So I was hopeful that there was going to be a big change, but you know, I, I don't know mm-hmm. what happened. It doesn't really matter. I just saw that the position was closed. So I'm like, is USA wrestling pulling funding for a head Greco coach? And that would be worst case scenario. And that's not what it's. I, I, I wouldn't think that that's a, that's a possibility. Okay. But like I said, I'm not in the, not in the position to know either. So. Well, Coach Medlin, it's an honor to have you on. Your knowledge of international wrestling is unparalleled, and I really appreciate you taking some time for us. We send uh, nothing but our best to Zane Richards on a career performance this weekend. Just awesome to see that, and thanks for coming on and uh, giving us a breakdown. Thanks, man. I really, really do appreciate it. Enjoy your podcast. You know, makes those drives to Iowa pretty good. That's all I listen to <laughs> on the way there. So, Wow, yeah, so I love it. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life with Brian Medlin. This episode was brought to you by Beat the Street Chicago. Help every Chicago youth say that wrestling changed their life with a donation to Beat the Street Chicago. Go to btschicago.org slash donate. That's btschicago.org slash donate. This episode was also brought to you by Quant Wrestling. Download the Quant app now on the Apple and Google Play stores. Quant, Q-U-A-N-T wrestling. We'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life.